Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate. Yes. I got you a present. I love presents. I know you do. And since I missed your birthday because I was in France, I got you a present in France. France. A French present. A French present. It was a present that I thought of you because I went to the catacombs. Oh, you saw death and thought of me. I did think of you, or more specifically, I thought of Hank. And I thought of Halloween and how much you decorate for Halloween. So so if people don't know who Hank is, he is my 12-foot-tall skeleton that I put in my front yard every year. That is correct. Yes, this is the present. So here you go. It's very small, and it's at the bottom. But, uh... There's a little present at the bottom. Just open that bag right there. Reached in. Don't look at the receipt. <laughs> I, it's a magnet, but it's Aww. also a book. Oh, cool. And it's full of skulls. I love skulls. Lots of skulls. Because if any of you have ever been to the catacombs of Paris, you just walk for a very long time past a lot a lot oh, that's cool. of skulls and bones and bones and skulls and skulls and bones and bones and skulls. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's cool on a summer's day. I can't vouch for what it's like in the winter. It's probably a little cool down there. But but book your tickets in advance because we didn't yes. when we went and we stood in line for four hours. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. They, I didn't even see a place for doing that. They, they make you book your tickets now. So you Good. have to. Otherwise, you don't do nothing. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You, it'll go on your fridge, I figure, every Halloween. And, what do you uh, mean every Halloween? It's going to go on the fridge right now. Oh, or it can go in there now. <laughs> I don't know. I have it's a like... skull pillow on my chair year-round, so why not have a skull magnet on my fridge year-round? that's true. Skulls are your thing. Yeah. And I should say, you recently uh, shaved all your hair off, and you've got a very nice skull. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You got very gifted in the round head department. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> and, uh... Meanwhile, what do we what do we usually talk about on this podcast? Um, books mm. that involve mm. skulls. Phrenology, specifically, yes. <laughs> Phrenology, the bumps on the skulls, and whether that means you have criminal tendencies. Fun fact: uh, they, I don't. That'd be a fun podcast. The phrenology podcast? Yeah. It would have a complicated history. Let's just say that. (laughs) Though I will say, there used to be that phrenology machine in the Museum of Questionable Medical Devices in Minneapolis. And uh, as my husband likes to say, it would tell you what your ideal job would be based on the bumps on your skull. And my husband was like, this is why I can never get a perfect job. I should have been a Zeppelin attendant. (laughs) What? Darn. Darn the Zeppelin. No, what do we actually... We do talk about picture books on this podcast. But we usually talk about whether they are classics or not. Yes. And this week, I am very pleased to say, I have found a doozy. And I can't take credit for it. Um, One of our listeners suggested this not too long ago. In fact, I believe we read that very letter in the last episode. And uh, it's, it's quite the book. It won a Caldecott honor in 1981. And yet, I would say quite clearly, this is definitely falls, again, 
uh, into the category of cult picture book, but it also falls into the category of award-winning picture book. So you can choose which category you would put it in. Team cult or team award. Precisely. Okay. <gasps> <A booty. laughs> Great Lady and the Strawberry Snatcher by Molly Bang. Bang. We have done one Molly Bang before when Sophie gets angry. Very, very angry. You have no memory of it. When Kate had no memory. No, 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 no memory. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. If you did remember it, you would um, you would be baffled as to why this is by the same creator because it looks literally nothing like it. This is This is the first book she ever... Uh, wrote and illustrated herself, but it did not get published until after she did some other stuff. There's no little metal on it. There is not, which indicates to me that this might be a first edition. <laughs> All right. It won You've, in my heart. In your heart. <laughs> you'll know there's a silver sticker out there somewhere okay. that could be placed on this. <gasps> Go read that book. All right. While Kate does her read, I'm going to give you the actual backstory to this book. Now, normally... When we do a picture book on this podcast, I don't have the information of the behind the scenes. In this very rare case, Molly Bang, at least for a time, and, uh, and you can find it through the Wikipedia entry for this, through one of the links at the bottom. Apparently it doesn't exist anymore, but she did a thorough recounting of the history of this picture book. And boy, it's a doozy. It's full of famous names if... By famous, you mean famous to people who understand children's literature history, which do. So for me, this is just a thrill. Uh, but let, let's see what you make of it. So as she says, The Grey Lady and the Strawberry Snatcher was her first book. Uh, you know, she knew she needed a portfolio to make picture books. So she'd been doing some illustrations for, you know, the Norwegian tale of Peer Gint. Uh, and so she, you know, she, she, she made this book. She goes to New York City, and I think she said she visited several publishers, and then she met with Ursula Nordstrom. Ursula Nordstrom, probably the greatest children's book editor of all time. Uh, you know, she worked with Arnold Lobel and, and with Shel Silverstein and with Maurice Sendak and all those people. And Ursula looked at the art, and she said, well, okay. She It was just pictures at this point. And she said, well, why don't you make up a story to go with it? So... Molly did so, and then she comes back, and this is what Ursula says to her. This is in full color, and you are unknown, so it's impossible. <laughs> you have an old woman running around in the woods, and children don't relate to an old woman as a protagonist. <laughs> the characters are very peculiar looking, and to top it off, this has no words, so nobody will know what to do with it. Why don't you go home and illustrate some folk tales? Because at the time, that's what they did. She kept shopping around. She did other jobs. Uh, at one point, her let's see, there was an art editor named Alan Benjamin, and he called Susan Hirschman, um, and and so she showed it to Susan Hirschman. You got to understand, I'm like really thrilled to to hear all this this background information about these editors. And in any case, Alan Benjamin liked it so much, he started shopping it around. And he actually managed to find a publisher for it. And that was great, except by this point, she had to redo the whole book, which she did uh, over the course of two and a half years. The book comes out, and the reviews are like, they hated it. Oh, they hated it. New York Times said 
that the weird-looking characters and flashy colors were an indication that she was part of the drug culture. And as she says, I had smoked marijuana once and hated it. Uh, so she didn't really have that much hopes for it. Until suddenly, it wins a Caldecott honor, and then everybody's like, oh, it's so creative. Oh, it's so fascinating. Oh, it's amazing. And uh, when she actually asked somebody on the committee if they'd read the reviews, the, the person told her, we don't make our decisions based on reviews. We make it uh, our own decisions. And she was very grateful for that, but she really credits Alan Benjamin for having shopped it around at all. So from this, you can ascertain we're going to have a real good conversation with Kate soon. Hey, you're back. I am. Cool. From the trippiest dream I ever had. <laughs> That's my uh, professional response. Yeah. <laughs> you need yeah. to take a lot of drugs and then read this book. Well, she was, <laughs> as I said in the little thing while you were gone, the New York Times said that clearly she had, had been some part of the drug culture. And as she said, I had smoked marijuana once and hated it. So... <laughs> Apparently not a druggie, and yet that would be the response many a person would have yeah. to reading this book. Yes. Well, and I shouldn't say reading because there's no words. Well, there's a big argument as to whether one reads uh, visually with sequential art a book or not. But yes, you were correct. There are no words. There's no title page either. Oh, there's no title page? No. That I missed. So on the page with the like publishing information, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's an illustration and but there's still no title page so you know even before you get to what you would presume would be a title page you see this woman buying strawberries on two different pages and from what looks like two different guys so right mm. away i'm thinking she's a strawberry aficionado mm, uh, she's going from one farmer's market to another <laughs> oh, like and idea. deciding like who has the best strawberry she's mm -hmm. known this guy walter for like 15 years and she <laughs> trusts him but this new guy bill has this variety she's never had before mm. oh that's not what this book is about is it it's not though i'm now i'm glad it's not because i would desperately want to like start throwing at you different like types of strawberries and i just can't do that i no. i couldn't fake it sun kissed wait no that's an orange <laughs> clementine yeah, clementine stab uh, plum Fu Fuji? no fuji's good <laughs> honey crisp <laughs> still not working so essentially this book is like catch me if you can only it's an old woman with strawberries and a weird blue creature that would be the strawberry snatcher of right. the time so she's the gray lady yeah. Um, not to be confused with the ghost in Harry Potter. And uh, <laughs> though maybe, but much older. Well, and uh, yeah. And then you've got the really, really trippy Strawberry Snatcher. Yeah. So yeah. we see her walking through town after she's bought her strawberries. Um, and like out of the corner, you can see this creature and it's like following her wherever she's going. He's wearing a purple hat mm. a neon green moo moo uh and before we even get to him i want to point out this woman who's holding a bouquet of roses like mm -hmm. she's coming out of what looks like a florist right yeah, yeah what's weird though is that she has a card that says to alan benjamin ah and then there's is she really yeah and okay, then that's there's adorable and then there's a name leon but she doesn't look like an Alan, a Benjamin, or a Leon to okay, me. Okay, Alan Benjamin was the art director who got this book published in the first place by shopping it around on his own. Oh. He was doing her a favor 
and she clearly is thanking him with roses. I so don't who's know. Leon? I don't know who Leon is. Uh, searching through my notes here, but I don't see a Leon mentioned. Okay. All right. So Leon's a mystery. Molly, feel free to tell us who Leon is. <laughs> okay. Because I have no clue. Yeah. So anyway, the story is about this weird blue man, alien. Kind of looks like Gonzo if Gonzo had a shorter nose. It's it's a weird creature. It's real weird, and he's not that subtle. Like, he's not trying to blend no, in. No, he is. She tri- literally blends in. And, she is the background. And he is very, with his neon green, yeah. maybe cape with an orange lining. Um, and he's stalking our lady. He's he got, could not be more obvious. He's got these size 30 feet. His feet are so, so much he, of he, the book. He has to walk barefoot because you try finding shoes for oh, feet yeah. that big. Oh, yeah. It's no, impossible. He's not going to be finding shoes like that. No, <laughs> no. So he's stalking our lady, and just as he's going to grab her strawberries... With his shockingly long fingers. He, she snatches the bag out of the way just in time. Meanwhile, each page of this book looks like a piece of art from a really wacky painter. We've got storefronts with that she's walking past with complicated desserts and ornate rugs, and there's a woman on a skateboard holding snakes. I swear... <laughs> I'm there not, is. She's not lying. I'm not lying. Exactly I'm, what that is. And yeah. I'm not tripping. This is a literal description of what's on the page. <laughs> yeah, and that's I a, that's a lady on a skateboard with a with a bag. Not a bag. That's more of a basket full of snakes. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on. There's also snakes on. on the ground. It looks like I'm not sure. So she's managing the our woman manages to get away from the blue man, uh, getting on the city bus just as the skateboarder collides with the blue man and the snakes fly everywhere and they get intertwined with the blue man right as the bus leaves right so if you didn't have a fear of snakes prior to this book (laughs) i've got good news for you (laughs) bingo well the blue man steals the skateboard Uh, okay so he's really determined to get wouldn't it be easier just to steal the strawberries from the store right i'm just thinking or did he just Set her up as an easy mark because she's an old lady, and he was like, now it's a point of pride. Yeah, and yeah. he's he's followed her to this, like, swamp marshland yeah. with trees and mm-hmm. water, and, and he gets off his skateboard, and he's following her through a swamp, except he can't swim under the weight of his cape slash Poncho. <laughs> I think it's a poncho. I'm just going to call it a poncho. Yeah. And she's protected by the color gray so the blue man can't reach her um and the background is kind of gray so she's the negative space except for her hands and face and he by no means is ever going to be the negative space yeah the gray is coming from the water in the swamp and the trees in this forest so Mm -hmm. she is literally one with nature kind Mm -hmm. of like camouflage yeah very much so uh and she (laughs) She looks like she's having a grand old time. Oh, yeah, she's, she's having a hoot. She's escaping this guy left and right. She's swinging on vines, uh, getting away from the blue man. And, okay, this is my favorite does, illustration. Does the blue man regroup? Re- regroup? Blue man group. Oh, blue man I see what you did there. It's so good. Yep, okay. So good. So after she swings on vines... This is my favorite illustration because of how creepy it is. If if this could be my tattoo, this would be it. Uh Take a look at the teeth alone on the left-hand side just as he's... Oh, yeah. Suddenly he's become a blue meanie from Yellow Submarine. It's 
but worse in some way. It's, yeah, it's really creepy. It's very it's frightening, deep. and I love it. And yeah. that would be my tattoo. <laughs> I agree. I agree. The, the Strawberry Snatcher would make quite the tattoo. That'd be cool, right? It would be very cool. Yeah. Like, you would get some serious cool points with, like, the children's literature people. Like, what's that? Oh, it's the Strawberry Snatcher from the Great Lady and Strawberry Snatcher. Molly Bang, heard of it? 1981 Caldecott no, no honor. You know? <laughs> I'd be like, ooh. Uh, and... He Why are his teeth like that? <laughs> it's so creepy. So he almost catches the woman, but she disappears into the gray page and he can't find her except there's just a little itty bit of her face showing. So it's mm-hmm. like she's wearing the invisibility, invisibility cloak yes, from Harry Potter. Yes, exactly what it looks like. And she's yeah. only showing her face. Yeah. Every other part of her is completely gone. Yeah. He can't find her, so he gives up. <laughs> but you don't usually hear in these books. Like, so he can't do the one thing he's set up to do for the entire book. So he gives up. Yep. So he gives up, and he finds a raspberry bush. Yeah. So he's like, all right, well, maybe I'll try raspberries now. He seems to now. be berry neutral. Like, he can take any berry, as long as it's a berry. You know, maybe this was his first time, and he was always scared of blackberries and raspberries. But he gave him a try, and you know what? He was... In heaven. Yeah, he loves them. He found them so delectable that that his hat falls off and you can see his bright blonde, like, fro. Oh, yeah. That is. Which, in my opinion, looks very similar to the very first guy (laughs) selling the strawberries. Wait, do you think this is, like, some son that he, like, discarded at some point in his travels? And now the guy is, like, an itinerant, you know berry thief yeah the original strawberry guy um he he hooked up with a pixie yeah and uh, and things went terribly wrong (laughs) and uh and he's disowned this creature calibanish who is now going to go after raspberries and blackberries moving forward right however this is what i don't quite understand you turn the page thinking that's the end yeah no there's still one more page yeah the old woman is now sharing the strawberries with what looks like her family it's but her family yeah. why not end it with the blue creature enjoying the raspberries and blackberries i don't know it's like maybe they were worried that it would seem like she was greedy and she wouldn't share them with him and she actually had other people to share them with i don't, I don't know. know and then you turn the page and the very last page is an empty strawberry container yeah and that's it yeah, with a with a daylily in a vase, a closed daylily in a vase. Why would you? I don't know. Why would you put a daylily in a vase? I don't know. They're 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 swamp lilies. They're ditch lilies. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just gonna insult daylilies for a while here. Okay. So yeah, so uh, this is one of those rare cases where I read the book myself before giving it to you because this was this was when I had a gap in my knowledge. I'd heard of it for years. I had never actually read it. I figured, well. I should probably read this before I give it to Kate. And I'm so glad I did because I did not know that this is what this book was in any way, shape, or form. It is downright bizarre. Um, don't think you're going to be surprised to hear it took a very long time to get this published. And I'm glad she did. Yes. Now, it got terrible reviews. Um, people did not get it. And one of the positive reviews uh, by a woman by the name of Carol Hurst, she said, The artist's use of figure-slash-ground manipulation is central to the plot and can be used as an introduction to other art activities using negative and positive space. Hmm. Which is true. And, you know, it 
it got a lot more attention after it won the award. I can tell you that. I but if it, it had not, it would have disappeared into the ether and we never would have heard of it. And even then, I don't know how often it comes up. Like when people talk about classic wordless picture books, I don't hear this one mentioned particularly. It's also so. a very long title. It is a long, weird title. The Grey Lady and the Strawberry Snatcher. I mean, it's a great title in that it's it kind of tells you everything you need to know and at the same time tells you nothing. <laughs> because you're like, what the heck? A is a Grey Lady. B is a Strawberry Snatcher. And what does one have to do with the other? What is the nature of their relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, rating time. So I can definitely see why this is like a cult classic. Oh, yeah. It's... I think artists like it. but Because yeah. for one thing... She's doing a ton of work, like, on the figures in the forefront, like, the cartoonish kind of, like, Strawberry Snatcher. But then there's, like, that highly detailed stuff going in the background that just blows your mind. Yeah, it's very strange, and I love strange. The illustrations are so beautiful with the use of color and the details, and just the story itself is so unique. You're not going to find any story like this. Um, no, you are not. <laughs> I think if I saw this as a kid, though... The Blue Man Would Haunt My Dreams. <laughs> I think that's a good thing, though. I think that a, a successful picture book sometimes... Especially those teeth. Well, the teeth is one thing. But it it gives you images that you return to in some form later in your life. And I think this would really stick with somebody. But this is so weird and fun. I gave it a 7. Wow! That is super high. I like it, man. I like it, too. I don't know I would go that high. I, You know, the art is amazing. It is so weird, and I like weird. It's just, I don't know. As you say, the, the ending kind of doesn't stick the landing as hard as it yeah. might. Yeah. I think a final shot of the Strawberry Snatcher would be out, wouldn't be out of place, though I see why if the front cover is the full container of strawberries and the back cover is the empty container of strawberries, I mm -hmm. see what she's doing there. Um, but I'm not, I'm not as high as you. I'm, I'm actually just a 5.5. So. Okay. Well, with our scores combined, it's above a five, so it's a classic. It's a classic. Awesome. Nice right. little cult classic. Well, I did not expect you to enjoy that book, so that that is a nice surprise. <laughs> uh, I had no idea what you would think of it. Letters time. Ooh. All right. Uh, today's letter comes from Kirsten, who writes, Hi, Betsy and Kate. I'm a huge fan of your show and listen every week. Aw. Thank you, Kirsten. I owe you huge thanks for reintroducing me to Weston Woods, I've had the Children's Circle Weston Woods intro song stuck in my head since I was a small child in daycare, but could never figure out where it came from. You solved my earworm. <laughs> Ooh, that's very cool. I posit that books that did not necessarily win awards at the time, but which are fondly remembered by many adults and read to their own children, thus perpetuating the cycle, could be considered classics and are separate from cult classics. These books, of course, are harder to know about since they don't have shiny stickers and aren't on awards lists, but if staying power is part of what makes a classic, then they are classics indeed. I have one book and one author that falls into this category. And then she gave some suggestions. They were very good suggestions. I'm not going to read them here because I think I will take her up on them. So uh, anyway, she just ends with many thanks for the podcast, Kirsten. Aw. Thank you, Kirsten. What a nice letter. It was a very nice letter, and we very much appreciate it. <gasps> Grown-up things we like. Okay, so I discovered a new company. Uh, they are called Transfigure Print Company. Mm -hmm. It is a trans and queer-owned print studio that does custom printing, but I came across the company when I saw two different people I know 
wear the same shirt. This is someone from my childhood and someone that I went to college with. So they definitely have no relation to each other, Mm -hmm. don't even live in the same state, and both of them were wearing this shirt. And it's all black in white font, and it says, protect trans kids. And it has a rose and a knife, and it's badass, and it's so important, especially right now, that I knew I had to order one. Oh, no, really? Do you have one? I do, so look at it. We're going to have to do a picture of that, because that is really cool. Isn't that badass? That's really, the knife is really really sharp. It's a one-man shop who screen prints each shirt by hand, so it took a while for it to come in, um, but it was so worth it. They, They have shirts and beanies and tote bags and stickers and they're a michigan-based company and they donate 20 percent of their proceeds so if you want to support a trans and queer small business check out transfigure print co so transfigure print co on instagram and check out uh what he has because it is it's an awesome shirt it's an awesome company it's a great message. It's an awesome message. Yes. Yeah. I'm all for it. Excellent. Oh, yours is good. Mine is not that level. I will <laughs> tell you that right now. So as I said, um, recently I was on vacation. I, I went to London. I went to Paris. Uh, while in London, you know, it's always tricky going to London because you don't want to eat food from other countries there. You want to eat English food. So fish but and English, chips. Well, that's the thing, but we didn't want fish and chips. So that makes it much harder. Uh, fortunately. Shepherd's pie? Yeah, okay. So you're you're thinking in the right direction there. Yeah. So we had a friend recommend a, a restaurant called St. John Bread and Wine. This is the setup. You walk in the door. There is a blackboard with the specials on it. And then you get like a menu, but it's like, you know, small things. Really, you want to order the specials. What we didn't realize was that you better order that fast because as you are looking at the menu one by one these things are getting crossed off (laughs) before your very eyes and to the point where the last thing that was there uh which we did order was the rabbit pie oh and it was delicious but it took 45 minutes to cook so in the uh, interim uh we had some orange wine which i love orange wine if it's done well and this was the best dank orange wine i've ever had in my life there was a little hint of cloves It it was very good and then uh, my husband really wanted an English dessert, so he had a treacle tart. Ah. And it was delicious. Was there a soggy bottom on it? There was no soggy bottom. I, okay. Is that the one thing you know about treacle tarts, is that they get a soggy bottom? No, I, oh, I, I just think of Great British Bacon Right, show, I mean, that's but, all we think of when we think of Great British Which reminds bacon, yeah. me that next week I will have something related to that as my grown-up thing. Ooh. Just you wait and see. Are you making me a cake? No. (laughs) Fine. That's all right. All right. But yeah, so yeah. If you're going to London for whatever reason, St. John Bread and Wine. Two thumbs up. Highly recommend. Very cool. Very nice. Not as cool as your t-shirt, but that's okay. perfectly fine. It's not a contest. Exactly. And uh, yes, so I think I know from Kirsten's email uh, what our next book is going to be that I'm going to do. And I'll just tell you this much. We're going to have more strawberries. Oh. The summer is ending. We need to get in all the strawberries we can because... Fair enough. We are... It is... Fall is breathing down our neck. I can't wait. I know you can't wait. I finally have a good uh, Halloween season picture book for us to do. I'm very excited about it. It's it's one that I hadn't really... I had actually checked it out a while ago and then I returned it because I was like, no, 
No, it's too soon. <laughs> I must wait. Wait for the Halloween season, and then we can do it. So, yes, we will. Okay. And until we do that Halloween book or something involving strawberries in some way, shape, or form, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our strawberry snatcher is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.